Thanks for tuning in. This podcast episode is a journaling of some experiences. And it coincides with a much bigger picture. Something that has a greater significance. This one is titled, Bigger Than What It Is. Once I found out that spatial hemisphere and time didn't matter, I knew that this thing was bigger than what it was. I also knew that there was more to it than just being held captive, possibly abducted, taken to sightsee and witness. The more had turned out to be that there was something that was bigger. It was as if forging a path to become educated. I knew all the papers that I had written things down on weren't for naught. And so I kept them. But I noticed that at the end of writing my 10th book, when as I threw them away, There was no sweating, no angst, no fears, or feelings of disparity. So I had just written and completed what was meant to be my last book. The Confusion of the Ultralight is its title. It is a book that told my life stories, not just in pictures, but through the words on those papers. The irony was that what I was learning never seemed to be related. So I felt as though there had to have been a trade-off of some kind. Now I've always known that there were guardrails of some sort. There's a guardrail of give and take and also for things that will reverberate in some fashion back to its original form. But knowledge doesn't always rebound like that because knowing, well, learning is actually continuous. So the trade-off for me was to notice that everything, every time that I'd have those one sets of dreams and they were separate dreams at separate times that knowledge would come flowing like a floodgate of magical awareness tied directly to the knowledge coinciding within our universal setting that was something I picked up on over time I never dreamed of those things either nor had I thought about them beforehand. It was only in those moments, those exact moments, coinciding with after having those dreams that had come true, I'd feel the floodgates open. So in the midst, I would become captivated, just like in my dreams, where I was held hostage, so it appeared as if I had been forced to learn those communications. I didn't regret, however, learning them 
because learning is as an experience. It is as a query and you're supposed to be able to digest whatever information that query is processing. It could mean that eventually over time, you will get it, get to understand it somehow, some way. So there was a continuing saga of my being thrust into a learning environment that I was never seeking. But I've often said that we might have latent memory stored in the background that could be egging us towards our purpose. You'll find that in my book. It is a thorough belief of mine that something behind the scenes is always urging us to move forward. So if my purpose in life was to see those dreams, to have them, then the compromise was that I also could be learning about some other things, something else. And that was the gift. It was extreme in the making, but has brought brought comfort nonetheless. And this is my quote. I had to go to the bottom of the river and not drown to learn how to swim. That could be the closest scenario that could describe what I've been through. Because the dreams were never meant to console me. They were actually frightening. I'd have a dream about a particular individual having a unique experience that was going to alter their life. Then those dreams would come true. But all the while, I had felt anxious, not knowing who the people within my dreams could really be. It had become quite an experience just to experience those things over the long term. But that is how I noticed the pattern. That the gift of knowledge I would have to grasp after coming up from swimming in the river, having seen those things already taking place where someone may have lost their life or left this world. The gift of knowledge. The gift of knowledge was flowing freely. It became as universal thinking in my austerity mode. I was drawn up under the influences of whatever I was being taught. Examples are, if you go to college, you pick, you pick a particular subject to learn about. If you're still in formative or attending elementary or secondary school, some subjects become mandatory to study just to get to you to grasp them so as to take you to the next level. But a more formative way of learning could be through our natural thinking, which is having abilities to put two and two together just based upon some of our experiences. So that would, in essence, be what I was going through. And the inserts would happen with the knowledge of what I was learning just like where I was exposed to preconceptions of life's journey 
for another person. So I never wanted to learn those things. I was predisposed to nature because of them. God sent me the gift of knowledge as an attainment for my skills. My soul does cry out for everyone. And I learned that even as a I learned that even as a young girl that my heart was filled with love for all the people. I could see past their circumstances and above to where they could always rise once they would have those opportunities. But in reality, in life, there is really suffering. And the suffrage of all people can never be avoided. This way, with the knowledge, I was being given all the answers. Well, most of them anyway. It's funny. I've always said that the government was slow at doing things. That is because it responds, and rightfully so, to situations as things can change economically. So does the political formatting of government governing and running a country. That has been the same way these gifts were given to me. The gifts of perceptual understanding. I called them ultralight gleaning that made sense. And they're only confusing at first because of how long it takes to put them together. It could be, I could be subjugated while objectified and therefore I was clueless as to where they could come from. I was governing, self-governing my own responses as they were chiding me slowly like a churning wheel. That's why I use the example of the government. A slow churning wheel. It took time for me to put two and two together. And they say with age and time, some things tend to turn out better. And that's truly been the case with what the things that I have discovered. Unloading, unpacking. I literally had suitcases filled with reams of paper, filled with the knowledge of what was sent, handed down as if from a throne. Because who else could be doing that to me if not God? Those things were wonderful, phenomenally written. That was the stuff. It was the stuff we would want to know. But for me, I had never been seeking it. Somehow it had crashed right into my lap. And it made me act as if I was holding all the secrets. My lens had become sharpened. My mind's acuity became like a map, seeking the beginning of when all thing, those things happened. So I traced them back versus the end, which is when I threw those papers away. So I thought I had released them. And figuratively, I actually did. So I had done that. But somehow in my heart, 
those universal thoughts became fossilized. So I had let them go by throwing all those papers away, but the words were already formed upon my consciousness. Therefore, letting go would never be for real. What I released was the angst about it and the pressure of having to know about those things. And so my burden had lessened, so to speak. But now it was time to pass them on. And so with this podcast and the teaching channel, I share with you those writings. Thanks for listening and tune in for next week's episode.